This week on the Podland Trailcasters. Mic check. Testy test test. One, two, three. I went to the dentist today and the first thing he says like, ah, I liked your holes tweet last night. <laughs> nice. So 213. Chris, look at us, man, getting up there. There's a reason softball players don't have Tommy John surgery because softball pitching is the natural motion of the arm. Throwing a baseball is not. Mechanics, man. There you go. We should just start. We should start the underhand basketball league. We've got our patterns. We've got our pattern. Everyone has patterns. Apparently, GSW or Golden State apparently is the only people that don't have patterns out there. Blaze Skitball. That was the guy that had the thread about the the Warriors. That is some serious uh, tinfoil hat stuff right there. Twitter's so bad. Oh my god, dude! It's just I, gotten worse. I was leaning first agent until i realized uh his agent is also damian lillard's agent, agent so he's not yeah, gonna totally. piss he's not gonna he's not... twitter finally kind of like catching full fire and burning down like it is someone in here the other day i don't remember who it was but someone gave us a little shout out saying like discord is now their go-to or their or their happy social media platform and i'm just like winning success yeah. you know how the, the only accusations from warriors didn't go to Blazers directly. No, like, you know, the Blazers didn't hear about it till it was out in the news. It went straight to the journalists. And boy, Casey and Hyken are both pointing out that if the, if the journalists didn't come to the Blazers for their comment or their opinion before releasing the story, it's like, that's just bad journalism, if nothing else. All Let's right, record before my Advil starts wearing off. <laughs> All right. You want to give me a quick three, two, one? Three, two, one. Hello, Rip City. To all of you ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, whether you are in town or out of town or in any corner of these worldwide interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, the not-so-vanilla Hood River Gorilla, I am Keith Thunder-Smith, and here with me, as always, to balance this Hawaiian-time Oregonian, we have the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, Mr. Professional Christopher Joseph Burkhardt. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Ah, mahalo and aloha, brother. Good, good is good. It is good that we are both feeling good, especially considering both of us have had dental dental experiences in the last 24 hours or so. It sounds like I'm hearing both of us are on a little bit of some painkillers as well for the, the jaws and the soreness. So uh, it's not a painkiller. It's an anti-inflammatory. Oh, anti-inflammatory. Oh. Toradol <laughs> from my dentist. Now the uh, shots or the pills, which are because it's a big difference maker here. Which one are pills, you? Just the pills, just the pills. But I was prescribed for it all to deal with the pain. Funny timing for sure. We also heard from one of our other friends in Discord that they are also they all they also had a dental appointment in the last 24 hours or so. So I guess it's just the time of year for everyone to get caught up on all that all that mandibular health. Mandibular Outside of sounds like a made up word, just like for. <laughs> it very well could be, but uh, it's, it's now in the lexicon, so <laughs> I'm going to bring it up again if I can. Mandibular. Outside of our tooth and jaw health and, and our painkiller anti-inflammatory status, we've got lots to talk about with the Blazers. We've got some new players. I said last week we wouldn't be dealing with any more trade talk for the rest of the season, and I already have to call bullshit on myself for that. <laughs> it will be happening today a little bit more. 
So let's launch right into it. The world famous, internationally renowned love, hugs, and hate mail, Mr. Burkhart, where's your love going for this week? <clears throat> this is not a paid advertisement, unfortunately. Yep. My love is going out to uh, Stafford Beverage, the liquor store in Wilsonville, because <laughs> they have helped me achieve my dream because I have found one of the hardest to find tequilas in the state of Oregon. I have finally got my extra aged Terramana and Yeho. Oh, yes. Ooh, okay. Oh, yes. Dang, I got it yesterday. Really? I got it yesterday. And it, it was, uh, you know, beautiful. Nice. I had the Blanco. I've had the Reposado. They're, ba they're widely mm -hmm. available. Uh, the Delicious Añejo, stuff. The Añejo, though, according to the uh, Oregon Liquor Cirque, is only available in three liquor stores in the city of Portland. And then wow. out, outside of the city of Portland, the closest is Wilsonville, though. It's out there by the old uh, iHeartRadio uh, studios. So I was like, okay, I'm out here for work. I'm going to hit this up, see if they actually had it. And they did. I've been searching for nice. it for months. Nice. And I got it. My love goes to the liquor store. Well, next time you go restock uh, some of that Añejo, grab an extra bottle, man. I got to try this. Because like you said, the Blanco and the Reposado, after having come highly recommended, uh, I am a fan. It is it is a tasty tequila, and I love to to try the third variety, round out my consumer repertoire. Uh, you know, you really got to get get your buddy Dwayne Johnson, man. We we got to talk to Dwayne about being official sponsors for Terramana with how much we talk about it. I, I see no reason not to. If we're going to start having some liquor ads on this pod, uh, you know, that's the, the first place to start, I'd say. All right, well, my love this week, sir, a little more basketball-centric. Uh, going out to our dude, Shaden Sharp, because my God, the dunks that this boy is has throwing down recently, nothing short of art, man. I, I don't even know. It's one thing to have an athletic, bouncy dude who can get up there like he does, but we're seeing him fake a three from the line, get past the defender, and not just yam on the next defender, but the extension that he's getting full back before slamming it down. The height he's getting up there with just the, the, the bend of the knees like our runner-up to GOAT status, MJ. It is just beautiful stuff, man. I the Multiple games now, we're seeing just absolute art from Shaden Sharp going at the rim. And you know what? Most fans are going to be missing out this weekend at the All-Star game because he's not going to be involved and the NBA has no one to blame but themselves Boo. for that. Boo. <laughs> Boo. It would it would be it would be nice to see him throw it down, but you know what? I'm also okay with maybe keeping that the, the little Portland hometown uh secret up here as long as possible because the, the Shaden is gonna be blowing people away, man. It's gonna happen eventually. It's inevitable, really. It's gotta, uh, he's gotta, gonna be on the stage. I gotta tell you, I we always like to toot our horns. I do, right? When I when I'm when I'm right, <laughs> you gotta. Y'all know I'm good at that. <laughs> Last episode, you and I talked about like why he pulled out of the dunk contest, and there was you mm -hmm. know some reports about him uh, because he wasn't selected to play in the Rising Star Challenge. A little upset about that, and I, and I contended that uh, I didn't think that was the case. I, I there had been some murmurs that they were lining him up for the starting role, and then that got you know I apparently spit right into the wind because it hit me right back in the forehead. <laughs> Because uh, oh, Cam Reddish is going to start with his very first basketball game in two months. What? Okay, cool. So I mean, I, I can get down with Thibel, but, but Reddish, that's weird. Uh, but did not expect it. We got to point out that uh, last night after the game, Justice Winslow tweeted a picture of the Shaden Sharp baseline jam with a dunk contest, dunk <clears throat> with a dunk contest 
slash rising stars missing out yeah. on a good one. And I'm like, oh, right. I see what you're laying down there, Justice. So this may have been a lot more about the rising star challenge snub than we thought. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's it's fair uh, fair assumptions at this point. Justice Winslow, by the way, he should also get some love. He has been doing some really good little behind the scenes work recently, both with the Shade and Sharp Dunk contest and Rising Stars uh, snub, as well as some of the Gary Payton stuff, which we can get into in just a second. But first, how about your hugs? Where are your hugs going this week? Oh man, my hugs. I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh, a hug to Nasir Little. Because mm. I think we've all been in the position where we worked our ass off and the boss just didn't want to see it. <coughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. No idea what reference that could cool. be. Man, sorry. There's a bug going around. <laughs> I kind of thought it was in poor taste, honestly, to start Cam Reddish in that game. Even if you had some, some expectations for him and some goals. We've had this argument in the Discord as well. Like I think at times the public handling of... Nasir Little with Chauncey Billups just doesn't it, it's not inspiring right like it doesn't it, it wouldn't inspire me to be better if my coach is just continually throwing me under the bus uh to the media all the time right and then I thought in this case when Josh Hart was traded uh that that particular night that starting spot should have gone to Nasir Little or Shane Sharp. like it just should right but instead you start Cam Reddish and yes, he's on a he's on a minutes restriction or whatever. Well, not like an actual restriction. They, they just weren't going to play him 35 minutes. But he hasn't played a basketball game in two months, right? And he's been healthy. Like he hasn't been a, a scratch for an injury. He just has been, you know, DMP coach's decision or whatnot. So you want to see what you had. So you started it. Then he only played seven minutes or 17 minutes, and you get people in our Discord hey! going, trying to trying to throw receipts at us, right? Well, don't you guys always argue that it doesn't <laughs> matter who starts, it matters who closes, like. Yeah, that does matter who closes. But in this particular situation, optically, and just as a as a coach, as a as a sign of good faith, right? You walk up to the guys who've been busting their ass for you since training camp and beyond mm. with guys like Nasir Little and be like, hey guys, tough situation, got some new guys coming in, but dude, starting roles yours tonight. Where we go from here, we'll decide. But tonight, just go out there and ball. Uh, have a good time. At the at the very at the very least, just the idea that Nas is going to be more familiar with what's going on here. Right. You think if all other things are even, that that he'd get the chance there. But yeah, it's it's strange, man. He definitely deserves some hug. Like I don't have as much qualms with with, with Thibel getting the start because Thibel is like a, a proven guy in this league. He's started many games in his career before. He's probably your new starting small forward. That one makes sense. Cam Reddish mm -hmm. though. Come on. A little odd. little little strange. Uh, yeah. If, yeah. If the Gary Payton trade would have gone through first and you only had Kevin Knox available, would you have started him over Nas too? Because, <laughs> come on, Jeez. man. Billups might have, man. That, that might have been the case. That could get ugly. It's hard to understand exactly what's going on with, uh, with. I, I mean, really, I can't, can't say it any other way than just Billups' hate on Nasir Little. I, I don't know where it's coming from. Hopefully, we'll figure more of that out soon. We can also dive into more of that in a bit later in the episode when we talk more about Chauncey's performance so far. But I'm going to send my hugs this week, Chris, over to another one of our Blazers on the fringe of, well, not fringe anymore of the rotation, but bouncing Greg Brown, the three we hardly knew thee. After the pickups at the trade deadline, Greg Brown got the axe. This guy that, again, a very athletic player, very good vibes kind of dude that fans have 
gotten attached to maybe a little unreasonably, but it's hard not to love someone who's bringing his energy out there when he's on the court or even when he's on the bench, no longer going to be there on the, on the court or on the bench for the Blazers, at least for the time being, uh, just, just the way that it worked out as far as we couldn't drop Knox. We couldn't drop, uh, what was the player? Saul, the other guy that happened. Svee McCulloch. Yes. Thank you. But yeah, just because of the rules around the trade deadline and how, uh, how all the timing, the order of operations works, Greg Brown, the unfortunate victim of circumstance, and again, I'm not saying he was some difference maker for the Blazers, but it was always nice seeing him, whether on the court or on the bench. The, the dude just had good energy, and I'm sad to see him go. So hugs to Nas, hugs to Greg. How about your hate mail, sir? You got any uh, hate mail this week before I roll on into mine, and you know what that's going to be. <laughs> it's going to go to officiating uh, as a Ooh, whole. As a that's whole. That's a good one. Officiating in the NBA has been suspect at best. I think that there's a lot. At best. Of former players who are being vocal about this being a very, very bad year uh, for officiating. You had the Super Bowl that was decided uh, by a late flag. And by all into everyone argues mm. that everyone argues, well, it was a penalty. The guy did admit as much. The thing that annoys <laughs> me about it is if you're going to swallow your whistle on that exact same play on every single snap, which they usually do, why are y'all going to sudden, sudden blow it in the final minute of the Super Bowl? Right, like, right. You can swallow well, it, it all your like, be like. It's not about the fact that it was, uh, that he called it. It's just this lack of consistency in how and yes, what they call. Yes, the lack of like, exactly within it's the not game. Not a conspiracy. It's just we want consistency in the rules. Like the thing I hate, Keith, is I hate when someone goes, "Oh, you don't make that call at the end of the game." No, you do make that well, call. It's a, at the it's end a rule. Of, yeah, yeah, you make, yeah, you make it that be call at the end, end of the game, game. and and the rest of the game or not at all. Exactly, it needs to be consistent. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Because there's so many of these things like. Because that's the argument with this this ref, right? Well, that call shouldn't be made at the end of the game, but he made it's it. It's the same thing. And so call it like that all game long because you weren't calling it like that all game long. And, and then the players constantly have to adjust to it. People want, people want robot umpires because balls are being called strikes. I don't give a <laughs> uh, What I care about is consistency. If, if, if <laughs> yeah. the umpire is consistently calling a ball that is two inches off of the plate a strike, then the players should adjust to that. Pitchers do pitchers start peppering the outside of the plate because they know that they can throw a ball and it's going to get called a strike. Well, then the batters have to adjust too. But then if all of a sudden he throws that exact same pitch and the umpire goes ball. Okay. Now you just lost your consistency. Just because if, you, if your yep. calls are bad, just be consistently bad. So me as a player, <laughs> I know how to adjust to that. Again, that play yeah. in the Super Bowl, that hold happens almost every single play. And as a defensive back, you're probably taught to play that way. You should be like grab a little bit, get an advantage as long as you're, you know, play within that space. So if you're not going to call it all game long, don't call it in that spot. And then same here with the, the, the nonsense we see in the NBA. Like how many times does Nurk or Eubanks or anybody we've seen set, yep. the, set the exact same pick five plays in a row? But one of them is all of a sudden an illegal screen, but it wasn't illegal the four other times they did it. The right, consistency right. is what bothers me. Or, or even worse in that same sense of like it's it happens earlier in the game and maybe the other direction, let's say. It happens one direction, it's not getting called, but then at the very end when it matters, it happens to go in the other direction. And that's just how that's going to lead to fans getting incensed. It, the consistency, the same way that you're saying fans saying, well, it, it was a foul, so you got to call it kind of thing. You hear this in the NBA as well, the, the kind of idea of, like, well, if, if you're that mad about uh, bad officiating, then you, the team shouldn't let it get to that point. They're not letting it get to that point. It's hard to make adjustments when officiating style, let's say, changes mid-game. If they're going to call it tight one quarter or one direction, and then 
adjust to loose. You you want it to just be consistent. We don't need the robot refs. No, we, we all picked on LeBron last week, right? For this right? like this outburst of 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 theatrical emotion. But at the same time, how does a ref miss that call? That's the yeah, most dude. egregious, oh obvious God. foul, and they don't call it. <laughs> it's just Pat a... Bev didn't show him on camera. He didn't bring the camera over to show him the right play. That's how. I mean, come on. How can you expect him to seal this <laughs> stuff? We don't need robot refs. We certainly could use more cameras to help the human refs. You can be human. I just officiating needs to be objective, not subjective. It shouldn't be this inconsistent. It shouldn't be questionable. That maybe bias is feeding in. Whether that's bias of refs feeling defensive about the the home arena fans chanting at them or whether it's refs maybe even just being tired there's also been a lot of arguments you've talked about you mentioned earlier former players kind of coming out and talking a lot about the officiating around the nba there's been some people pointing out that some of these refs have specific ties to specific teams because they're humans and they're allowed to be fans of the celtics in that certain case uh that we won't get into but one way or another the job of an official is to be an objective source of keeping the rules consistent for all teams, all players, at all times. And they're doing a horrible job of it. Enough of a horrible job at it, in fact, that Damian Lillard gets his first career flagrant the other night on a foul that really shouldn't have even been a foul at all. Mm -hmm. He didn't undercut the shooter. Bradley Beal stuck his leg out, landed on Dame, and didn't even fall over immediately when he landed on Dame's foot. He like looks at the shot and then falls over. It was so blatantly either a flop on Beal's part or hardly a foul. Then they review and upgrade it to a flagrant, just absolute insanity how how inconsistent that was and against the spirit of the rules it, it's it's crazy to me you sir are right it is wild listeners we are in the thick of the nba season and there are so many variables right now can dame stay healthy enough to lead the team or are we gonna have to rely more on jeremy will the blazers make a move before the deadline or are we gonna wait for the offseason can we make the playoffs straight up or are we going to get stuck in the playing tournament in the middle of this stacked western conference one thing's for sure, I know when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's not even the only promotion they have with DraftKings, but let me say this again so you're totally clear. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN for the Basketball Podcast Network. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do win. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That was a very good hate mail, sir. That felt like that was right up my alley. I don't know if you were trying to lob that one to me, but you got me all worked up, and that's what we're here for in this warm-up segment. Let me throw some hate mail back your way to get you uh, get your engine going on some of this a little bit. My hate mail is going to Golden State's leadership. The Warriors down there, I know it's not all their fault, but they certainly lit this fire, let's say. Even if we're going to blame the journalists, which we can get to in a second, the whole Gary Payton to trade debacle hijinks hysteria whatever you want to say quick timeline for fans uh just to try and keep this stuff straight when gp2 gets traded from blazers back to the warriors for the five picks and what i think kevin knox was technically part of that deal is that right mm -hmm. fans up here start freaking out over losing gp2 arguably not a whole lot of loss especially when you talk about bringing thibble in here as a bigger cheaper younger option and overall probably better defender for us really then like we all know, GP2 going down to the Warriors, back to the Bay, he quote-unquote failed the physical. 
and our guy Casey Holdall pointed out on, on his briefcase podcast the other day, there's no real established line for what a pass or fail on an NBA physical is. A lot of teams will waive the physicals if they know the guy isn't going to do well, or if you know they get the results they don't want, they waive it because they're they're not worried about the short term. They're more moving forward in the long term. One way or the other, GP2 fails the physical, and whether it was coming from Golden State or Peyton's camp or uh, some over-enthusiastic journalists or, or NBA re uh, reporting sources, the blame comes out saying that GP2 is being essentially forced by the Blazers' medical staff to take Toradol to be ready for games. Also, you know, again, just, just pointing out from our guy Casey hey! and from our uh, Discordian friend and reporter Sean Hyken, hey! pointing out that the Blazers were never really asked to comment or consult on on this uh accusation before the articles were put out there so at the very least at the very least that seems like questionable journalism soon right after that we start hearing everything getting walked back aaron goodwin gp2's agent uh says that he did not take toward all shots and there's a whole bunch of stuff about phrasing there where he's not saying he didn't take tour at all, but just didn't take the shots. Josh Hart, after he gets traded to the Knicks, voluntarily speaks up at the end of his presser, welcoming, welcoming him to New York. Speaks up saying the Blazers, front office and training staff are top-notch and classy. They did, he didn't have to say any of that stuff, but I think it was very obvious where this was being directed towards and back towards the situation with GP2 and the Warriors trade. Uh, at the same time, you have Justice Winslow sipping tea on Twitter and social media about it, much like we talked about with the Shaden Sharp and Dunk Contest slash Rising Stars thing. It wasn't hard to kind of decipher exactly what Justice was re Justice was referring to in the wake of the of the move with GP2 and all the drama that came out of it. The trade ends up going through anyway, as we all kind of knew it would. Golden State took their sweet time till I think Sunday evening, even though the deadline was supposed to be Saturday evening, then it got bumped back to Sunday before they actually confirmed that the trade would happen. It was never really probably in doubt because they didn't want to take Wiseman back. It was going to be more of a luxury tax commitment if they did. And now after all that, Golden State is asking the league to investigate a pattern of Portland's non-disclosures as far as these trades have gone. They even pointed to the Larry Nance Jr. trade to the New Orleans Pelicans last season where again much like this with golden state where it's it's impossible for me to believe that golden state didn't know about peyton's injury history because of the timing of how this happened before we even picked him up and then we got him here for the surgery in the same sense larry nance getting traded to the pelicans everyone knew he was injured at the time the pelicans i believe waived that uh physical in fact so i i i will take a breath now sir i'll step off the podium the last thing I'll just say is due diligence, blah, 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 blah. Because we heard stuff from Bob Myers saying that he really just based the trade trying to get GP2 back to the Warriors on the one game where Peyton started against the Warriors in the place of the of Josh Hart, who had just been traded. Dudes in glass houses shouldn't throw stones because the Warriors now want to talk about a pattern of non-disclosures uh, from Portland. We've heard plenty as well about the Warriors' history with Kevin Durant's Achilles, when he openly was saying to the media that he was not healthy, not ready to go, and the Warriors kind of pressured him into playing. We heard Andre Iguodala talk on his podcast, or on one of the podcasts that the former players have been going to, or the players have been going to, about how Golden State tried to call it a bone bruise when he in fact had a fracture, and he had to push back against that. All of this has led to a ton of tinfoil hat theories and conspiracies, which honestly, I, I enjoy the conspiracy theory stuff overall, but this has just been a lot and like i said earlier chris i i said last week that we weren't going to talk any more trades it seems impossible not to with all this uh and hey if you really want to go there there's even uh, a neil o'shea tie-in to the oldest conspiracy stuff but we won't go there because we don't want to talk about neil right now 
How about you? Do you want to talk about any of this GP2 stuff or should we just move on? I think it's all crazy. Fans will latch on to anything that they hear someone say <laughs> and run with That's it. That's not wrong. Like, I, 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 I don't hear the same negative from from Myers in his press conference that everyone else heard. I found like I found his his argument like oh we based it on him playing last night, not his you know him being out longer than we expected. I read that as a snarky response to him being like no we pulled this trade off because the guy was healthy enough to be playing basketball last night. That's why we wanted to trade for him, right? And then from there everyone starts pointing fingers at Blazers this and that and things that weren't disclosed. I don't think that's the warrior. I just, I don't, I honestly don't. I don't think it's them going, oh, the Blazers were so bad. They didn't give us all this information on his injury. No, because here's the deal guys. This is what the Blazers have their own medical staff. And in the eyes of the Blazers medical staff, he was fine. So mm -hmm. they gave the Warriors that information that they had and their information was this is what happened. This is the surgery. This is the injury he's been dealing with. They all knew that he was still dealing with it because even he said right. so in some of his press conferences. Yeah, still a little bit of discomfort. I'm dealing with it. Um, yada, right. yada, yada, yada. But to me, this is not as if the Blazers are painting some false picture just to send to the Warriors. They are giving the Warriors their medical report on Gary Payton II and their medical report since early November has been <laughs> that Gary Payton can play. That he's good enough to go. Yeah. That he is good enough to go. So they send them the report. Now the Warriors doctors, they find a red flag in there. And this is the part that irritates me too, because I I, I get in, I got in this argument with our, our good friend Dwight James on the radio the other day. Shout out to Dwight. Well, no, the, the medical report, he'll, the only reason he failed the physical is because he can't play. No, that's not at the, all med true. the yeah. medical staff's job is not to not to find out whether the player can play tomorrow or not. When they get a physical, their job is to find out the player's overall health and then find potential red flags as well. OK, so say that like Yusuf Nurkic and this is a great example, obviously, with with with, uh, with Gary Payton. But say Yusuf Nurkic was traded at the deadline. Okay, and he's dealing mm. with a calf strain and the Blazers give you all the information they have on him. He goes to a team and that team says, okay, he's healthy enough to play once the calf, calf strain gets done. However, we have a red flag because the way that that calf is healed and the previous injury, there's some markings on the bone there that could indicate it could be susceptible to another break. That's a red flag, right? Sure. Yeah, and again, yeah. be clear, I'm making this all up. This is not news on Nerf. All theoreticals, yeah. yeah. That's a red flag. That is something a team could come back with, and if the doctor thinks is, is a big enough deal for a potential future injury, could be a red flag that pulls the deal and he fails the physical, right? These yeah. things can happen. It's not, it's, it's as is my understanding, unless I'm completely wrong on how a physical works, it does not, <laughs> does not come in. Oh, just literally, oh, he's 100% healthy to play right now. Because the because that, that is also a bad no job on the, on the on the staff and the training staff because you want to find potential red flags that are going. That's why like that's why you have people who who get injuries that they didn't know about get flagged in physicals, right? Right. Like uh, whether it's an injury or you've you've seen uh, athletes of different sports, and uh, I'm leaning back on like wrestling and stuff. Because Roddy Piper wanted to wrestle. Uh, another match in WWE and be part of them in like the early 2000s had to go through his physical and they found like signs of cancer in his physical 
right? Ooh. I'm pretty sure finding signs of cancer isn't part of the physical of is this guy good and <laughs> healthy enough to wrestle tomorrow? Can right? he wrestle in the ring? Yeah, right. Totally. So, so they they do a full job, and it's completely understandable, Keith, that a, that one medical staff can have a differing opinion from the other. That is why you, as, as a citizen. You're not an NBA player. You're just one of these citizens, civilian. Oh, there you go. A normie. Yeah, as a yeah. civilian. <laughs> you, you, you could go to to the doctor tomorrow for some because you're dealing with back pain, right? And that doctor mm -hmm. can look you dead in the eye and say, "Oh, Keith, you have a severe lumbar injury. You're going to have to potentially have some surgery in the future." And you can go, "Oh, I know my body. That just that sounds weird. I'm going to seek a." Second opinion. Second opinion. And then yeah. you go to another go doctor, and that doctor says, "Oh no, I, I, like I, I could see maybe where that doctor said that, but I don't think it's that severe, Keith. I think with a little bit of PT uh, and just working on building the muscles around, I think you're going to be fine." Mm. Yeah, that happens. That's, that's that happens totally to reasonable. all of us. It happens but all the fact time. that that happened on the NBA level, now we're just like, "Oh my God, it's the worst thing ever! Yeah. Like, what's going on?" Now, so again, I, I don't think. The Blazers are in the wrong here. I do not think the Warriors are in the wrong here. Uh, you could talk about KD and Iguodala, and there's conflicting reports there as well. But I'm just I, I, for the for for all intents and purposes, Keith. From what I intensive know, intensive purposes. Yeah, for all intensive purposes. Shout out, here, Danny. From what I know, from having been very close to that organization and all the trips down there that we had to make with the Blazers in the playoffs, this screams to me of a reporter who got information mm. from the players camp was worried that his main competition who is in with management at that team was going to get this information and get more information than him and beat him to the story and this is the problem with modern journalism this is not on this is not on shams or Woj in this respect this one is just on the state of modern journalism okay is the 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 haste and the want to be first to market yep. has has superseded being accurate. And this is exactly not just basketball because everyone right. is rushing to a story, you know, without actually finding the facts and doing their due diligence. And, and, and it, it, I would, I would rather be last to market and most accurate than be first to market and have the most retractions in my article. And that's what happened here with, with Shaw, right? Oh, he got tore at all shots. No, he didn't get tore at all shots. He got this. Oh, no, he didn't get that. We make roller coaster references all the time. This was the <laughs> sea dragon. This was the sea dragon there at Oaks Park that <laughs> just goes great. back and forth. It, it doesn't stop. And you're just like, what is going on? I, it's it's just, the same course. just a little bit less each time. Yeah. It it, a little bit closer towards like, the center. Until, until, yeah, until, yeah, exactly. Until it comes to an end. <laughs> and when you realize that they've turned the power on, you have one more big swoop. And then every other swoop is just a little bit less and less yep. until you finally come to the stop. That's what this was. This this was, honestly, Keith, this one uh, reads to me as someone who is trained in this business, uh, who, who has, I don't hang it on my wall, but if I did, you would see my bachelor's of, of science in journalism and communication from the University of Oregon, a guy who is trained in this field. This story from the jump freaked to me of poor journalism. It was, a, yeah. it, it was, it was shady it, journalism, a, a guy that had info, uh, but rather than source that info, ran with that info because, like I just said, there is there is a war that has started long ago 
uh, between mm. Woj and Woj and Sham, uh, Sham. I keep wanting to say Shams. It's it's Sham. Shams th- Tarania. Yeah. There is a a war between Woj and Sham. They mm, battle. They battle. Definitely. They battle. That's why the third guy. When we always talk about the big three, Chris Haynes. Haynes yeah. Right there. Why do you think there was no big report from Haynes? There was no tweet about <laughs> a failed physical. There was a, until way after the game. But then who was the p- reporter who broke that ter- that Gary Payton in fact did not have toward all shot like Chris Haynes it was Chris Haynes yeah 100% agree with you much like you were saying with the refs the goal here shouldn't be some instinctual call or action the goal should be correctness consistency and and, and clarity to be honest because that's part of the issue here is not just wanting to be first but trying to get a story out there without all the facts I mentioned earlier that Casey and Sean Hyken, our local journalists here in town for the Blazers, have reported that the Blazers were never asked for comment on this kind of thing. And if if Shams or Woj or anyone is going to put out a story like this, you'd think getting both sides would be important to quality journalism. We've also had some side topics on some other local guys here. Not not trying to dive into it, so not naming all the names, but some other local story uh, tellers that maybe let personal bias start to kind of shade things in the yeah. real selective quotes where you see like a one word quote. And uh, it's, it, it just seems like cherry picking, man. It, it's not quality. It's not yeah. accurate. Also complete side note here. That is getting swiped under the rug. That blows my mind. Everyone keeps talking about the warriors and they can, they can, they can back out of this deal. They can, they can rescind send it. They can, they can send GP back. I want to know where that info was coming from. Because was that oh. info was that info coming from the Warriors and that oh the Warriors might not go with the deal they have forty eight hours to decide guys before the <laughs> deal was ever confirmed was Kevin Knox on a Blazer bench in a Blazer uniform <laughs> next to Joe yep. Cronin at a random Blazer <laughs> days <game>? before huh <laughs> yeah. but who was wearing a Warriors uh, sweatshirt a next yeah. next oh, yeah, yeah. to Bob Myers at a Warrior game at a game oh. Gary Payton the second. You think they're giving him Warriors gear and giving him a courtside seat next to the GM if they're gonna back out of the deal? Right. Like what is yeah, going? It's, also, it's crazy. This, it's all so much back talk. And think about this, Keith. Think about this. GP was not a cancer. I don't like that term. To me, a cancer in the locker room is a guy who goes in and kills all locker room chemistry. That's a cancer. GP, a Kyrie. Sorry, let's go ahead. GP was just clown. <laughs> he wasn't respected after a while. If he would have got on the court and played these last few weeks and, and been the GP they want him to, they would have been fine with everything. But there's so much going back so long that he's rubbed people the wrong way since day one he got here that he had a long way to go just to get that respect back. There, there was quotes about GP in the locker room talking about who's got more rings and all this yeah. kind of thing. And, and yeah, that's yeah. not the way to endear yourself yeah. to, to new teammates, if, especially when you're not going to be able to get out on the court and show them what you've really got. And then this leads back to the Justice Winslow Kermit sipping the tea uh, gift that he was sending out right after the GP2 trade happened. And it's all a weird look, man. It's all a very twisted and indirect mess of stories but this goes to my point right so he was cleared by blazers medical in november then he was not pushing himself to get on the court then you get all these weird stories about he was taking for it all they were forcing him to do this they were forcing him to do that he gets to the warriors and this is where things get really really tricky so he gets to the warriors and now there's an, an initial report that he's gonna miss two to three months okay right <laughs> And then that gets walked back. Now that gets walked back to he's going to be reevaluated in a month. This again screams to me of a guy who wanted the bag, got the bag, and at this point 
he's in a win-win situation because of course yeah if the warriors go through with the deal they can't play him because everything that's gone on they cannot play him the very first game right they have to at least sit him for some of it some at least random bit, amount yeah. of time to at least keep up appearances <laughs> right 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 so he's yeah, so yeah. he's gonna sit and get paid to not play basketball if the warriors back out of the deal then he goes back to portland on a team that he had played the day before he was traded and now hit that staff says he's good enough to play. And even if that staff reevaluates him and still says he's good enough to play, there's no way in hell they can put him on the court without being a giant black cloud over Portland and all eyes of the NBA on Portland about look how bad this organization is. They forced GP two to get on the court, even though the Warriors staff said he was supposed to be out too. So either way, if the Warriors went through with the deal or not, he was going to a destination where he was going to continue to get paid to not play basketball. Without playing ball. That's a great point, man. There are a lot of guilty parties here. I'm with you that I think the biggest problem is shady journalism. People wanting to kind of get there first instead of being accurate. I think there's also some blame probably to go around between teams, maybe on both sides. I'm not going to blame the Blazers because that's who I am. There's also some blame for probably going towards GP2's camp. Like you're saying, he wasn't exactly, didn't exactly have innocent motives here. It's, it's such a mess. It's so weird. But bottom line, man, it's, it's, it's really not a whole lot about basketball. And in, as I was saying last week, we're finally past the trade deadline. Hopefully this is the bow on the whole thing. We can wrap up all the trade deadline talk and just move forward and get back to more hoops let's do it let's just yeah let's just let's just do it let's talk about the players that are here now okay well listeners we did talk about those players but as seems to be the usual with chris and i we just keep talking and so this became another long episode so once again like the trade deadline episode we're going to split this into two this week give you a little more easily digestible smaller bites to work with as you wade through the mire and the mess that is the NBA All-Star Weekend events. For now, though, we're going to cut this off here and we'll be back in a few days with the discussions over our first impressions of Cam, Matisse, and much more. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Have a great All-Star Weekend. Come and join us on Discord. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. <laughs>